welcome to our leadership series on the sofa with Angie. Today's special guest is Sarah Gunderson, who is the Director of Partner Sales at Adobe for the UK, Ireland, the Nordics, Middle East and Africa. So a very warm welcome, Sarah. Thank you for joining us today. Hi, Angie. Thanks very much for inviting me. Great to be here. Thank you. Um, so I'm really excited to uh, to chat to you today because you've had a, a really interesting uh, career in tech. And um, one of the, the topics that comes up in our community is um, is about sort of linear progression versus non-linear progression. Um, so I'd love to hear uh, a little bit more about your career background and some of the, the choices that you made and why. Yeah, great. So um... I started my career in sales. Um, I actually, my, my degree was in international relations, so completely unrelated to, you know, where I ended up in um, tech and, uh, and sales. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I did that for a few years. Um, you know, I think that if you don't have a natural kind of progression of career, you, a lot of people do end up starting in sales. Um, and through that time, I ended up by connecting with individuals and moved into a marketing role. Um, where I worked um, across leading Northern Europe for marketing. Um, and, you know, I really enjoyed that time. Um, through that time, I actually ended up by working a lot with our partner community. You know, when you're working in tech, you're always thinking about the ecosystem, technology vendors don't sort of work in isolation on their own. Um, and as I progressed kind of, you know, with that ecosystem, um, I realized that I just loved that community, right? You know, of how to work with an extended, um, you know, I think the world is such a place that connections and relationships and, uh, you know, companies working together are so important in terms of, you know, helping customers. Um, so there became an opportunity and I, um, I, I took it to move into working with the partner ecosystem and became a partner manager. Um, and, you know, I really enjoyed that. I worked at um, OpenText, which was quite, you know, a, a mid-sized organization. And then I decided um, to take a shift and um, I left um, OpenText and ended up by working for a startup um, called Yammer, um, which was very different, you know, still working in the partner landscape, but, um, you know, it was, it, it was building a completely new landscape with a new offering. Um, and as careers kind of change and morph, um, we ended up by being acquired by Microsoft. So you've gone from kind of startup land to one of the largest tech companies, you know, on the planet. Um, and sometimes, you know, you think to yourself, well, you know, is that what you want? And, and changes can sometimes be quite hard, but it can also be quite exciting. Um, and I ended up moving into a role which was quite different. It was a, it was a program management role. Um, still working within the partner ecosystem, but at a global level. Um, and, you know, that was really insightful. I got to work with, um, you know, Microsoft at a corporate level, um, working with Redmond, um, still in, you know, it was a, it was a global role. Um, and, uh, and then after that, you know, through that time, I became a mother. Um, and, you know, as all mothers do, you end up by sort of thinking about your work-life balance and the changes and the modifications that, you know, and how you adjust to that. Um, and I left and I joined um, Adobe because I wanted a role that was a little bit more kind of, you know, UK centric, um, more local because I was flying quite a lot. Um, and that's where I ended up at Adobe. Um, I took a sort of parallel route there. So, you know, I was doing a global role before that. And then I ended up by coming back and, and being an individual contributor. Um, but through that time, I think that the, you know, 
changes happened um, and I got offered to, to lead the team. Um, and I think that when you're, for, for most people I know who end up by, you know, doing the working mother environment is that you question, you know, do you continue the progression of your career and, and take some of the, the, the bigger steps um, or not? And, you know, my philosophy around it was that, you know, what's the worst that could happen? If it didn't work out, then you just you just change it and you you go back but you would have learned something through that experience um and so i i took the opportunity um which was great um and have continued to you know to work in the team the team's grown um and you know i got made a director um at adobe last year um and, and so that balancing of the of the lifestyle and everything like that you know worked out well um and you know i think my philosophy on of it is just take the opportunities that come across your path. Um, you know, you never know what's going to happen um, and it can always bring, um, you know, great experiences um, and you'll learn something from it. Excellent. Thank you. And, and such an interesting career journey as well, going from sort of, you know, a startup to big corporates uh, and then, uh, you know, going from individual contributors to marketing, to partners, sales. Um, and so that's really uh, interesting. I'd also like to pick up on the, the sort of working mum part in a moment. Um, so in terms of, um, you know, your experiences moving from a, a startup to, uh, you know, a, a you know, very large uh, tech company. How did you find that transition? Yeah, <laughs> um, a little bit of a shock, probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think there became a moment where you, you, you know, large corporates work in very different ways, right? You know, you, you have to find your, your rhythm within, within those organizations. Um, and also, find the areas that you can make um, impact, right? You know, I think that when you go, you know, when you're in a startup, what most people love in that startup environment is that, you know, you roll up your sleeves, you get dirty, you know, you, you end up by working probably um, across more than just the role that you, you potentially went into. Um, and when you go into a large enterprise, I think you, you, you become one of many, right? And, um, and then it's finding that, that place. But at the same time, it brings a lot of value because you have a lot of structure that can support you. So some of the frustrations that you find in a startup where you don't have uh, the right momentum or the right capabilities or tools or et cetera around you, you can find that that helps you balance it and you can progress in, in that regard and you just um, find your niche. Um, and, uh, you know, and you, you, you probably have a broader remit of individuals and people to work from that you can be really inspired, right? I think you can learn a lot in those environments. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, with it, because of the size of the organisation, you get a lot of opportunities as well, which I think is also quite exciting. Absolutely. And I know there's a, a lot of people in our community who are in startups and looking <clears throat> to move into bigger companies. And I think, you know, that's really sound advice is really find your niche and find your rhythm in the organization and also what's important to you. So how do you like to make an impact at work and what do you bring? And then what's the best environment um, to do that? Yeah. And I think that kind of impact comes, you know, I, I, I help and support a lot of other individuals and what probably took me a while in my career. But when I look back is actually the the closer you can get to understanding your own personal brand, um, you know, and who you represent and what you want to stand for, 
you know, the better that sets you in terms of your, your career. Um, and, and being true to that, to yourself as well, um, you know, particularly in a, in, you know, in a IT environment where it's, it's still quite heavily male dominated, but shifting is that sometimes you can feel like you need to morph towards, you know, the, the, you know, the broader community that's around you. But actually, I think that nowadays, you know, you stand in a better in a better position by focusing on your strengths, focusing on who you think your brand and who you want to be and, and how, you know, like for me as a leader, the type of leadership I want to drive in the organization. Um, and, you know, I think people really respect and admire that. Um, and, you know, it does help to build your network and, and makes you stand out as an individual. Absolutely. And we're, we're hearing a lot about authenticity as well yeah. now and, and sort of humanize leadership as well. And I think the current environment um, sort of puts people into a different light. And you also get um, you get to know people, I think, on a much more deeper level. Um, you know, you meet their, their children, their pets, you know, you, you get to see where people live. And and it's I think it's almost sort of helping and giving us permission to really step into our own authentic voice and moving out of a certain persona in terms of who we think we should be into actually who we are as individuals and the values that we bring. That's right. And I think that I've seen a real shift in organizations that, um, you know, organizations that we work in want to have more people that, you know, are diverse, that bring different thinking. Um, you know, the relationships that we have with customers, you know, from an Adobe perspective to our customers is about personal experiences, um, you know, and with that comes authenticity, right, you know, and, and having your own personal voice and, and how that translates and having that empathetic view of understanding and listening to others as well. And, you know, I think that that is becoming, um, you know, a key part of, uh, of leadership and, and, you know, people of what they're looking for in individuals as part of an organisation. Absolutely. And then when we look at sort of your your sort of career progression as well, it, it's, um, you know, the non-linear career path is actually really interesting because um, typically uh, as women, we only ap apply for jobs if we tick all of the boxes or 90 percent of them, whereas women, uh, whereas men will, um, you know, will just have 50 percent. So how did you make the transition, you know, from marketing to sales to partners? How, how did you create those opportunities and find the confidence to step into those roles? Yeah, it's an interesting question. So um, I think that uh, I've always thought that, you know, uh, careers are not necessarily always a laddered approach, right? So, you know, I, I like to think about you know, people's careers a little bit like a book, right? You've got chapters of a book um, and actually reflecting back, you realize that um, the more interesting you can make those chapters, which comes with the different experiences, you know, the better and more rounded you are, you know, when you get to leadership positions, um, you know, to bring those different perspectives. Um, I think that when I've made the decisions about roles, I've always thought, is it a, is it a role that I can that I can learn from? Right, I'm a big um, believer in a in a you know a learning mindset, and there's and something that can really um, you know project you and and that you can keep learning and developing yourself. I think when it's come to kind of like shifting roles and why people would would consider you because um, you don't necessarily come with the experience behind it is 
that within everybody has a has a past right and everybody has experiences and I think it's taking those experiences and layering it into the new roles that you've always had a lot of people think well if I haven't done alliances and worked in partnerships then I'm never going to be able to get a role in in partnerships but everybody's past careers will have you would have worked with people you would have interlocked with different organizations you you, you know you sort of have to sit and take some time to think about um you know what are the things that you've learned in the roles that you've done um you know and how you can then reflect that into the roles that you're you're applying for and working for um and that seems to have always um uh, you know, worked for me alongside you, you know, building that network, right? You know, other people, if if um, if they have confidence in what you do, they know that you are pretty flexible in your, um, in your working arrangements and that you can, you know, you get given a challenge or you take a plus one project and you can show that you can take something on that's new um, and you can make success out of it. I don't think that then becomes a question about you being able to move from one position to another because they've already sort of semi-seen that in, in, in the work that you've done. Absolutely. And that's brilliant advice as well for people who are looking for uh, another role or a career shift uh, and are not really sure how to. It's about looking and reflecting on your past experiences. What did you learn? What are the, you know, what's the relevance to the new role that you want to step into? And also understanding your own value and your brand and what you bring. So that's uh, great advice. Thank yeah. you. And I think a lot of people don't know where about, um, uh, sorry, a lot of people think about um, that, uh, you know, the plus one projects, um, you know, they, they don't necessarily think that that's an opportunity to transcend, right, you know, and kind of get new experiences. But I try to encourage all my teams is, you know, you're not, people are not always aware of the careers that are available to them. Um, and so, you know, in any organization, if you're taking plus one projects or you're extending and working with other individuals is that you get a little bit of a of an insight into different departments, different divisions, which can then open up doors to ideas for you in terms of, you know, where your career may, might lead to, um, which which I think is um, also really encouraging for people to be able to do. Absolutely. And, and also it broadens your network within the organization as well. And you start to interact with other departments and people that perhaps you wouldn't necessarily interact with. Yeah. Um, so you also talked about sort of the importance of um, creating experiences as well. And um, I have to mention that uh, obviously Adobe has just uh, won uh, the best uh, place to work in the UK um, for a tech company in the large sector. So congratulations for that. <laughs> yeah, I'm really pleased. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Adobe's also, um, you know, being listed as one of the best places to work for um, working mothers as well, um, which is amazing. Um, and so you mentioned that uh, you have children as well and um, you also um, work part-time as well. So could you share a, a little bit of um, sort of insight in how you, you managed to sort of balance work and family and, and you know carve out a senior leadership role where it's not five days a week yeah um so i mean adobe has been you know an amazing place um you know to support you know not only women but you know everybody in that kind of flexible working um perspective um so they they were very open to to the idea and and suggestion um, I actually ended up by going into a part-time role when I was an individual contributor at Adobe. Um, and 
<laughs> funnily enough, it was my husband that said to me, um, I, I really wanted to consider it, but it is quite rare for people in a sales environment to end up by working part time. Um, but I thought it was something that I could easily do. Um, I had worked five days in four in Microsoft and, and I didn't think that it was, it, it didn't provide the right balance, you know, for me as an individual. Um, and, you know, he, he was quite funny. He just said to me, well, why don't you just, why don't you just ask? Why don't you put, you know, why don't you just go out there and kind of, you know, have the position around it? So I took his advice, um, you know, and I built a business case around it and, and went to Adobe. And, you know, I think that that personal brand of like showing you as an individual, you know, a high performer that can, you know, take on challenges, um, and that network was really important because it wasn't just my boss that looked at it and said, yes, this is something I have to do. And I, it ended up by, you know, multiple people at higher levels kind of, you know, got involved and, um, and had to think, well, yes, this is, this is something that we can do. Um, and when I, I, I got asked, when I got moved to being director and taking on kind of, you know, the bigger team, um, it was just a, it was just a given that that was, that was something that was okay to still do. I said, you know, keeping four days was really important to me. Um, I had shown that I could be able to do it. Um, and, you know, I try to encourage other people to think about kind of like that flexible working. I think the, the challenges around that balance is, um, is I, I personally believe that you can't have it all. I think as a working mother, you you know you feel the the pressures that you've got to be able to do everything in equal you know measures and, and everything at one hundred and ten percent. And you know I took a reflection and said, well you know if you carry on in that trajectory, you just end up in burnout, right? And you know that's not only you know working mothers that have that. I think everybody has that, especially in today's kind of you know environments where you know in COVID and, and, and the shift of work-life balance. Um, but, I, but I think what was really important was just being able to feel comfortable about the balance in myself, um, you know, and finding somewhere where that I felt was a happy medium, not worrying about what other people thought, but, you know, concentrating on where I thought was the right balance. Um, trying not to overanalyze and be too self-critical, which I think is um, a common trait uh, with women generally. Um, and um, making the time to take time out to plan and to think about what's important, right? I, I am a big believer of uh, philosophy of big rocks and little rocks. Um, and, uh, you know, just understanding kind of, you know, where your core objectives and where you can make a difference and really focusing, you know, around that. Um, it just creates a little bit more space for you to balance that work, that work-life balance. Um, and on a personal level, um, I also have made sure that I've taken time out for me, um, which I think as a working mother, that's often the hardest part, right? You end up having to, you know, support and help multiple different people around you. You don't get very much time for yourself. Um, and, you know, I have a couple of hours a week that is all about Sarah. Um, and, um, you know, I think that that um, creates a happy me, um, which in turn, you know, hopefully creates a kind of a happy environment, both at home and at work. Fantastic. Thank you. And what a wonderful way to, uh, to close our interview as well. And the importance of uh, looking after yourself as well, so that you can give to others, whether that's people at work or your family as well. Um, so such fantastic advice. Thank you so much, Sarah. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you today. Great. Thanks, Sanchi. Really enjoyed it. Thank you.